Disturbing Interest is a Horrible Histories, Terrible Mysteries podcast. The past, and sometimes the present, are often a bleak place. Listener discretion is advised. If you're a fan of Disturbing Interests, please like and subscribe. And for the love of God, tell a friend about us. Pretend you're a Mormon. Go door to door with the good news of Disturbing Interests. Preach our gospel, brothers and sisters, and non-gender binary siblings, to the world at large. Because remember, with us, you might be disturbed. But you're not alone. Welcome back to Disturbing Interest, everyone. I am Regina King, your evil queen, and sitting in her own lovely house is my ever-beautiful partner. Hi, I'm Lynn, your docent of darkness. I'm not bad. Are, are you in your blanket I'm in my blanket fort. <laughs> Nice. Oh, guys, I cannot tell you. Okay, so we all know that um, I'm I am living in well, pretty much the dumpster fire of apartment complex and neighborhoods in Seattle right now. Rat City, oh, baby. Yeah. yeah, Rat City. That's literally what the neighborhood yeah. is called. Uh, where she lives is colloquially yeah. Rat City. Yeah, yeah, that's that is where I'm at. That sums up everything. Anyway. I do just have to give a, a quick recap of my thoughts of Batman because I have actually been messaged by several of you asking me my opinion of the Batman, uh, which, you know, guys, I, I love you. I love you. Thank you for for caring about my humble comic book opinions, especially on something like the Batman, who is, you know, just just my favorite. <laughs> So I know it's the Batman, but like my brain reads it like like I'm an old Yiddish guy. Yeah, we went. To, it's the Batman. It's not the Spider Man. Not him, but the Batman. Not the not. You know, I feel like it's like that. Where you put the yeah. We watched it on the HBO. Like I feel like this is a, my grandmother would call it the Batman. And so it's just That's funny. Delightful. To me. That that makes it even better to me. Uh, so yes, I loved it. I loved it. it. In my opinion, the movie was like watching a love letter to the Batman. It was the Batman. The Batman. Oh, it's yeah. the Batman. He's yes, great. It was. It was like watching a love letter. The soundtrack, the feel. I, I've heard a lot of people that are like, it wasn't dark enough. Man, I don't love grimdark. We live in grimdark. Why does everything have to be grimdark? Why can't it be like it, kooky? It was I like very kooky. noir, very dark. It yeah. it made me happy. It did. It has quickly become one of my favorite movies. I'm not even playing. Like my favorite movie before this was V for Vendetta. I'm a very specific kind of person. This is it, it might 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 big might replace V for Vendetta. But it is by far my favorite Batman movie so far. It just, it makes me happy. And I've already seen it multiple times. And I'm sure before next week hits, I will have seen it at least once more. <laughs> so it doesn't have Prince doing the bat dance thing in yeah. it, though. So I'm just like, oh, I feel like that that was my best Batman moment. The, the Batman, Batman moment. The Batman. Yeah, the Prince, the party man. He came and he did the dance and we liked that. But yeah, that was... I saw Marcel the Shell with Shoes on the movie uh, at SIF, and it was delightful, and you should see that one. It's, it's charming. Is it the it's, Batman? I, I like is it. Is it a friend of the Batman? It's, I mean, it was a viral video that got really popular about mm -hmm. 10 years ago that's this little stop motion of, like, a shell, like a like a hermit crab shell with googly nice. eyes. Googlies. 
and little little tennis shoes and it's been made into a full-length movie and it fills me with it fills my heart with love you will you'll laugh you'll cry it's 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 a it's a sweet gentle little catharsis movie so that that would be my suggestion when you get to see it. if you have a chance to see it it's coming out in theaters and i'm sure it will be streaming within the next six months or so but yeah marcel the shell with shoes on that that's what i went to go see i didn't see the batman i saw the the little animated shell guy with the voice possibly more irritating than mine. that is so funny because the way nice. you describe that as how cathartic and happy it makes you feel that's how the batman makes me feel the batman the batman yes. the batman yeah yeah still i was just like maybe you could just put the prince soundtrack on in the background i don't know that that, that again that's my apex of batman is when the, the time he hung and out with prince. this like that the soundtrack on this one is so good it's so good it's so dark it just the entire movie makes you feel like you walked out into la air kind of dirty and and that's the aesthetic I go for. I think kind of dirty. Okay, okay, all right. That's that's a little olive juice in that. That's fine. That's... <laughs> so, what are you drinking today? Well, I went with a thematic item to go with our stories today, and I'm scared. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to do it. I know it's, our um, stories. I'm is... scared for you. <laughs> I'm. I don't want this. I don't want any of this. Uh, it is strange, spelled S-T-R-A-I-N-G-E, beast, hard kombucha. Oh, oh. I'm drinking the booch. Oh. I'm boochin'. Oh. It is, um, uh, and there's a poem on the front, so I'm real scared. Twisting skyward, coy and sweet, with berry scales, two kinds. It's herbal breeze, such clever bait, to snatch you in wild vines. With finest teas we always start, live cultures, hungry yeast. From the fermentation frenzy, we meet a new strange beast. And it is blueberry, acai, and sweet basil, and I'm gonna fucking die. Wow, this sure. is the most hipster thing that's ever been on our show. Oh, I don't, I'm, this isn't cool, I'm gonna try it though. Opening it up, alright. Oh, it smells, oh, it smells bad. It does not smell like a thing I want. It smells like, like, like it smells like when you're like, oh shit, we got to take the little compost oh, bucket. No. that's like, that needs to go out. It has a little, a little pong of that. I, I don't even know what it, huh? Okay. To be fair, this isn't like, I, it's not terrible. I didn't think it, I mean, like I do, I want more. I don't, I don't know that that's true, but it wasn't as like, oh no, as I thought it would be. I'm gonna try it again. I mean, it tastes like, like a, like a weird hippie, uh, LaCroix. It's very low. There's not actually a whole lot of flavor. There's like a little, it's more of a smell. It, it tastes, tastes like that guy you made out with at the fish concert. I, yeah, it's, it tastes a little bit like iron brew. Like there's a little bit of iron brew wow. going on, which is creeping me out. Like, is it eating the can? Is that the issue? No, I, it's, um, it tastes like, um, it it's like if you took all the gum, if you just took a lot of gum, like, and just put all the gum in your mouth at once and just started chewing, it tastes like it would taste after about an Ew. hour of just chewing, you know? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what it tastes like. good. Ew. A little bit of gum, a little bit of mouth, that's Ugh. what it tastes like. Um, no, it's. Bless them for trying it. The cover is very, the cover, the, the drawing in the front is very delightful. It's kind of a, 
like a Loch Ness monster Audrey 2 situation okay. on there. Um, yeah, I mean, if you like kombucha, if that is your thing, you probably would like this. I, uh, you know, it's, um, it is natural and organic, so I guess it's good for, for me. I'm glad I'm not drinking this on an empty stomach because it, it tastes very like it would make you be like headache time. But um, yeah, it's um, it's it's much less powerfully awful than That's I thought good. it would be. So, winner! <laughs> oh, how the bar has fallen. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, and the more I drink it, the more I'm like, I'm going to put this over farther over and putting you in the... I've moved it several feet away from I keep on hearing me, it so move. It's, <laughs> it's looking at me. Oh, God, it's looking... I'm maybe going to put, like, a cloth over it so it doesn't look at me. <laughs> Yeah, I think it's nice. alive. I'm a nice. little scared of it. Awesome. Yeah. Well, um, it's um, it's something. It's something. Uh, but it, it is at least thematically yes. correct. Strange yes. piece. Yes, yes. Today. Um, and before we dive into our stories, I have a Hulk story for you. I have uh -oh. a Hulk okay. story for you all. So as the years have gone on and we have done our podcast, I think all of our listeners have gotten to know my sister rather well intelligent funny weird shit happens to her right like this is the going consensus that is my sister's life well the other day I was hanging out and Mr. Mao and I were hanging out with Lacey and her spouse Dave and her parents were in town in the midst of us walking through the Chinese garden before we went to lunch, I'm chatting with a couple of my friends. We're making dinner plans for this weekend or actually today. So lots of stuff are happening. And I didn't have the opportunity to answer the phone when my sister called either times. Until I get this message that says, I just found a grave on my property. <laughs> Your sister finds a lot of potential corpses. Like that—that's how are you living if this is your life? I mean, I—I'm not saying that's a bad lifestyle. I'm just saying it's—that's interesting. It's, she and yeah. I talked about it later, and she's like, you know, it was always you and mom that was interested in this shit. Why does it keep happening to me? And I'm like, man, I don't know. I don't know how this is happening. Like. A so I will need more information yeah. about like, so, you know, burials at home were very common. Oh, in, wait. You know, <laughs> the past century. Or is this more of like a shallow grave and goodbye? Well, that Earl was my first question, right? Was it marked? <laughs> are, are we talking marked grave or unmarked yes. grave? Because those are two very different things. And then the second question is, how do you, how, in, in what way did you go that that's a burial? Like what were you gardening and you found a femur or exactly or what? So she and her husband were out on a walk and they have a normal walking path on their property that he cleared and everything. And she looks off to the side and she sees something glimmering and she thought it was like glass from a window pane from a car. And she said something about it. And he was like, what? And she's like, look. And she walks over there. And instead of finding a windshield, she finds a tipped over gravestone with names on it, but no dates. Okay. I mean, that, that's interesting. It could just be like a pl people take gravestones and dump them all the time. Well, she she you know. freaked out and uh, ran 
back to her house, naturally, as one would do when they think they find a grave on their their property. Really? I'd I'd be stoked. I'd be like, okay, I'm documenting. Well, yeah, you and I are different though. I mean, look at our podcast. Hmm. Time to go to the county records. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, no, I'd be like, I'd be stoked, frankly. I I would need more information. So but she she ran away and I was asking questions. She's like, give a bitch a minute. And I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> I get it. <laughs> Sorry, not everyone. <laughs> not everyone's a bunch of weirdos like we are. Okay, <laughs> take a minute. Then she went back and she got a picture and she sent it to me. And we will put said picture up on our Instagram when this uh, drops. In fact, I will send said picture to you right meow. So nice. You can put it up on our Instagram. But so she sent me this picture of this gravestone. And then we were talking about it again later. And she goes, well, Darren's going to her husband is going to bring the backhoe home, the excavator. And I was like, what? (laughs) Excuse me? what do you mean he's bringing home the excavator she's like we want to find out if something's actually buried there because <laughs> there's not supposed to be so yeah um i feel like that uh maybe you might be kicking up a whole different ball of problems than by just letting yeah. it be well they want to find out if there are actually bodies there and if so then of course they're going to call the correct people because there aren't supposed to be. And, and so I will update you on if they find corpses or not. Or if it's just a nice. rogue tombstone that these weird people who lived there before them collected. But, yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture and it looks it it looks like an un... Um, yeah, right? I that's fascinating. It's because it, it looks fairly New. like yes. recent. Because I, I was um, thinking and, old, and, right? Maybe it was like plague victim or something, like the flu, TB. Right. No, this this seems fairly new. I'm going to guess it was like it was dumped rather than like they buried children on their property. Because it's getting permits to do that is probably not going to be super Yeah, easy, yeah. You know? That's what I think, too. Either that or they had you know some stillbirths or something horrible happened and they buried people on their property their children on their property and never told anyone yeah well i mean and if that is the case it'd be interesting if they even if they do dig it up if there's anything Mm -hmm. even there you know so yeah yeah that's a that's a weird ass right right that is a so uh yeah that's that is the newest hulk update that i've got for y'all i tell you we have we have some fascinating family members hey (laughs) all right so you're gonna start us off today and we're going to like dive in with my story and then you're gonna finish us off because i struggled well you struggled and i put in the least amount of effort humanly possible so we're saying it's going to be a good uh, episode today guys yeah, fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. Uh, but we're doing this particular episode because we're also doing a giveaway. Uh-huh. I think of this as the saddest payola. So it, basically, I, I you know I make weird 
countdown and monthly advent style window calendars, right? That's, that is a thing that I do for, for work. And I have one that is my abbreviated field guide to cryptids of the known world calendar. That is super fun. And we reckoned that what we might do is a giveaway to our listeners. So here, here's what we, here's what we propose our modest proposal. If you, dear listener, uh, Share our our podcast somewhere in your social media, um, and then tag us or you know email us with like, look, here's the link, and your literal physical mailing address. Not so I can stalk you, but so that I can actually put this in the mail. I will mail you one of these calendars, and you can have it and enjoy it at home for your cryptid hunting pleasure and and knowledge. So that's basically And it's pretty cool, guys. Seriously. And, um, if you share, tag, you know, or have somebody else post and say that you shared it with them and tag us, heck yeah. We're all about it. Spread the love. Spread the disturbing word and get disturbing shit. Yes, get swag. But yes, if you do that, then just, uh, you know, send us the link or tag us in it. And then um, email Regina at disturbinginterests.com at gmail.com with your mailing address or the mailing address of a friend. We could send some random person you know a fucked up calendar there and they'll be like, what the shit, when they open their mail. It's, it's Harass really fun. those um, you love yes. in the strangest ways possible. Yes. And you can preview this sucker at um, printwitchery.com uh, and, and have a look at it and see if it's even a thing that you're into because uh, it's there for sale. But you can have a look at it. And um, yeah, uh, so... We thought we'd go over a couple of the more entertaining creatures that you will find inside the windows here. And then Regina has a listener suggestion story that took her down some very strange rabbit holes. Like it was the whole, it was the freaky ass Warren of rabbits from Watership Down. Y'all, I Uh, love you. You guys are great. I love receiving emails from you or uh, direct messages on the Twitter. The Twitter. I'm going to sound like uh, an elderly person now, much like the Batman. Batman. Um, Anyway, but we love hearing from you. I really do. And seriously, send me any suggestions you want. Let me know if you want me to do it or Lynn to do it. We'll be happy to. But please be aware, if it takes me a year and a half to do one of your suggestions like this one, (laughs) there's probably a reason. And the reason is probably really weird and deep for me. Or if you just want a message to talk about the Batman, I am here for it. Okay, so let's get this calendar party started. Let's get it started. Pick a number. Um, 28. 28. Okay, let me open the window for number 28. Let's see. I may even be able to get like. I did. Ooh, did you get that? That, was, that? that was like a, a sound effect that's popping the window open. Number twenty-eight, the kappa. Oh yes, I love kappas. Yes. But stuff. And that is a yokai of Japan. This turtle creature loves cucumbers and sumo wrestling and can be defeated by knocking the water out of the depression on its head. I did not have room to put in the fact that it can remove a mythical organ called the Shirikodama from the anus of its victim. Wow. Japan, you are into butt stuff. Kancho! Yeah, it's 
You're into butt stuff, guys. Just admit it. Cows will crawl yeah. up your anus. Like that's the thing they believe yeah. is if you're wearing a yeah right a skirt, they'll just and lodge themselves up there. But they're easy to trick and fool because apparently these little fuckers go hard for politeness. So you just start like a bowing contest with them, right? And just keep, you know, deepening your bow every time and they bow back till eventually they bow so deep that the little bowl on top of their head that has the water in it spills right out and that they're gone. They're dead. Boom. There we go. Disable. So that's what you got to do. Protect your bum. Uh, like maybe just if you're going swimming in Japan, a butt plug while you're in the water might not be amiss. And uh, just learn how to bow very deeply with the with the kappa. Yeah. Never thought yeah, I so would really be advising kind of... a butt plug for one's own personal safety. But hey, you know what? You do you. You know, I'm just, I'm so pleased that, that I'm able to like share this useful life-saving information to people with a calendar. Uh, it doesn't actually mention the butt stuff on the back of it because this is, this is an all ages appropriate calendar. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's a, that's a little just an extra, a lanyap, if you will, of knowledge about uh, this particular mm -hmm. cryptid. You want to pick another number that might be less upsetting? Yes. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to stick with the high twos. Let's go 20. 20. Oh, oh, the Loveland frog. We're, we're actually going, we're kind of on a, like an amphibian. The, Loveland, the frog. Loveland frog. I've never heard of this one. Yes. Okay. So the Loveland frog, and I'm reading from the back here, a giant frogman who freaks out residents of Ohio. Lucky you, Ohio. Also, possibly a rogue iguana with a missing tail. Who really knows? Now, let me, I'm pulling up the Wikipedia here just because I want to, I want to get wait, this wait, all wait. correctly. A rogue iguana with, uh, with a missing tail. <laughs> Correct. So this is literally just from the, the short Wikipedia article on it. I just, I'm going to read it verbatim because what the actual hell, Ohio. So apparently this is a legendary humanoid frog described as standing roughly four feet tall, allegedly, allegedly spotted in Loveland, Ohio. So in 1972, the Loveland frog legend gained renewed attention when a Loveland police officer reported to a colleague that he had seen an animal consistent with descriptions of the frogman. And after a purported sighting in 2016, the second officer called a news station to report that he had shot and killed the same creature some weeks after the 1972 incident and had identified it as, quote, a large iguana that was missing its tail. Wow. So what, what had happened was this. On the 3rd of March in 1972, at 1 a.m., which is when all the best stuff happens, Loveland police officer Ray Shockey was driving along on Riverside Drive near the Totes Boot Factory and the Little Miami River when an unidentified animal scurried across the road in front of his vehicle. And the animal was fully illuminated in the vehicle headlights, and he described it as a three to four feet long creature that he estimated weighed about 50 to 75 pounds and had leathery skin. He, he reported spotting the animal crouched like a frog before it momentarily sprang up erect to climb over the guardrail and scuttle back down towards what the river. What the fuck? So, 
Right? So two weeks after the incident, a second Loveland police officer, Mark Matthews, reported seeing an unidentified animal crouched along the road in the same vicinity as the first sighting. Officer Matthews shot the animal because I guess that's just what you do as a cop. You just shoot a motherfucker, you know, recovered the body and put it in his trunk to show his partner, Officer Shockey. According to Matthews, it was, quote, a large iguana about three or three and a half feet long. And he did not immediately recognize it because it was missing its tail. So Officer Matthews speculated that the iguana had been someone's pet that either had gotten loose or was released because people suck. And according to Matthews, Shockey was shown the dead iguana and was like, oh, yep, that's totally the thing I had seen. And, um, and basically these cops told the story um, to an author of a book about urban legends but the author was like, oh, this is cool, and left out the iguana part and was just like, holy shit, there's a giant murdery frogman running loose, harassing Why did Ohio. they always leave out the giant iguana part? Right? But then it gets weirder. In August of 2016, local Cincinnati TV stations reported that, quote, a night of fun turned into a chilling tale of hell when two teenagers playing Pokemon yes. Go between Loveland, Madeira Road, and Lake Isabella claimed to see a giant frog near the lake on August 3rd that, quote, stood up and walked on its hind legs. It was later revealed to be a local student from Archbishop Moeller <laughs> High School in a homemade frog costume. God bless you, Ohio. <laughs> okay, first off, guys, don't dress up like a giant frog in the middle of the night in Ohio. You will be shot. Second off, thank you for that. <laughs> oh, I just, I just, I mean, God bless. God bless. I mean, today is, I think, turning into a, an all-American, what-the-fuck, cryptid oh, yeah. party. Because um, your story, your story is what, Tennessee? Uh, Kentucky. Kentucky. Oh, so Sorry, sorry, Tennessee, sorry, because I get got you confused. But yeah, so let's, shall we jump into yes. your tale? Because it has to be, it, it has to be at least somewhat more likely than an iguana and a costumed Pokemon oh, Go yeah. player. Yeah, here we go. I'm just, I'm just going to dive into it. All right, let's do My it. My sources for today's story were the 1950 Kentucky Census, Wikipedia, History Channel, HistoryChannel.com, the Washington Post, allthatsinteresting.com, and Isabella Davis's book called Close Encounter at Kelly and Others of 1955. I also went down this really, really weird reality TV show rabbit hole that started with goblins Whoa. and ended in witchcraft, but I'll leave that one for you all to find out on your own. <laughs> Okay, that that sounds amazing. I believe it was three seasons, leaving me with go uh, with the feeling of, did I just watch my high school experience of weird, what the fuck? So, so this is sort of like was this like a YouTube version of like public oh, access? It's up on Prime. Oh, oh no, it's like a they uh, there's actual tiny bit of yes, production value. Yes, All somebody right. funded. This. It's like in search of. Do you remember in search of? Oh, oh no, old, I remember In Search Of, and okay. uh, it it was better than In Search or In Search Of was better than okay. this. <laughs> okay. okay, so I would like to begin today's tale by saying it might be the story 
that has taken me the longest to write. In fact, I know it is the story that has taken me the longest to write. Like we said, it was a listener request, and that was like a year and a half ago. Um, And I began researching it back when you requested it. In fact, it was so long ago that I don't even have your name where it normally goes. And I'm so sorry I'm not mentioning it now, dear listener. But I fell down one of the weirdest, longest rabbit holes that there is out there to fall because, well, because of the internet, just the internet. That's why in this reality TV show. So I'm sorry it took me this long, but after falling into this weird spiral of is it goblins, aliens, or witchcraft, I lost all structure that I even had begun with to lay out the story. And then procrastination hit, and I was like, how do I even begin? My brain, she hurt. And then I stopped. You became unmoored in space Oh, I did. I did. <laughs> I picture you like Gandalf. You're just falling through the ages of man after your Balrog fight yes. with the internet. and when I awoke and came back to it, I was like, I have no memory of this place. I was... You, you are now like Regina the White. <laughs> Oh, God. Why do white mediocre men have to ruin everything? Because immediately I was like, that's cool. That's not cool. That's not cool. <laughs> I was Regina the Brown, but now I'm Regina I've the White. Been, Radagast I've the Brown. I've been white over. Yeah. 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 Anyway, finally I decided I'm just going to tell you the core tale and mention the weirder bits kind of tacked on at the end. Awesome. Um, so I present to you my dear disturbed and my lovely Lynn, the little green men of Hopskinsville. Awesome. When I hear the word goblin, I think Lord of the Rings first, right? I mean, we were just talking Lord of the Rings. Uh-huh. First place my mind goes to. You talked about your frogman. Sure. I thought Gollum. I'm a geek. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And then a series of other fantasy or geek media works come to the forefront of my mind, and finally I come around then to Kentucky. Now, to our dear Kentucky listeners, I'm not sure how you found us, but I'm happy you're here, and we appreciate you, so I'm going to try to do my best on this story. However, you heard how I struggled to begin with, so if I do you wrong, I do you dirty, please forgive me. Um, first, what are goblins? Well, according, according to Wikipedia, a goblin is a small, grotesque, monstrous creature that appears in the folklore of multiple European cultures. So who gave us goblins? White people gave us goblins. Okay. That that is our culture. White people, goblins. Or, you know, half of my culture, since I'm not all white. First attested in stories from the Middle Ages, they were ascribed conflicting abilities, temperaments, and appearances, depending on the story and the country of origin, varying from mischievous household spirits to malicious bestial thieves. They often have magical abilities similar to a fairy or demon, such as the ability to shapeshift. Similar creatures, including brownies, dwarves, duendes, gnomes, imps, leprechauns, and kobolds. But it is also commonly used as a blanket term for all small fey creatures. 
the term sometimes expanded to include goblin-like creatures of other cultures, such, such as the Pukwudgie and the Dokabay, or Ifrit. So, thank you, Wikipedia. Let's all kick... Kesu! Yes, Kesu! Yeah, yeah. My, cat, my cat is cat. I would have put big air quotes around, like, cat. Kesu, I think, yes, is actually a goblin. Yes, Kesu is one hundred percent a goblin. Um not gone. Yeah, 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 100%. Anyway, but let's all say thank you, Wikipedia, and kick them a couple of dollars because without them, I would not have that. Oh my goodness, without Wikipedia, like that's, I mean, it's usually the starting line and then you go from there. But yeah, no, everybody should definitely give a little, little cashola to, to Wikipedia. Please. If you're not going to give some payola to us and you have it to give, please give it to Wikipedia. Or, you know, to yourself. I'm not greedy. Anyway, fun fact about goblins. A female is called a goblet. And I kind of love that. A, a goblet. goblet. Yes. Yeah. Ow. And I mean, just because you're a goblet, it doesn't mean that you don't want to feel like a dainty lady every once in a while. Give me a goblet. Yes. A goblet. Okay. Sure. You can why break not? out of them. You can be chased by them. Either way, they're fancy. So, how did the mythos of goblins take root in central Kentucky? Normally, in cases like these, you'd find a link to the creatures and the immigration patterns of the local area's residents. A belief in the Fae could link them back to the Irish immigration that so many of us find our lineage in. Fun fact, I thought I was Irish for the majority of my life, and then 23andMe told me I was wrong. That's right. I gave my genetic material in hopes of catching a possible baddie in my family. And instead, I had a quarter of my family's heritage taken away. Proving yet again. Damn right? It. But it... Mine basically was like, yeah, it confirmed. <laughs> I, I didn't... There was nothing that surprised me. Except that the Scots part of me is super more, um, like, Norwegian and Icelandic because of the migration there. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. I like salty licorice. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm here. Well, it just proved for my family yet again that my mother's side of the family really knew shit about where they came from. I mean, they just don't know that that whole side of the family could be multiple episodes of our, our podcast in itself because weird and terrible shit happened because of those people. Anyway, so unlike the normal evolution of mythos or cryptids, the Kentucky goblins have a very definitive origin. Um, and that's Hops Hopkinsville, Kentucky in 1955. Have you ever read the book um, American Gods or seen the show? I have. Yes. I so I like to think of the evolution of cryptids and gods. I like to believe that, you know, that, that that's a good representation of how myths of cryptids and gods spread with immigration they brought their beliefs with them and then they just kind of ended up in america abandoned and forgotten and i feel like that is appropriate anyway that's not what happened in kentucky in fact in hopkinsville kentucky in 1955 a very definitive origin of this belief came now you all who are familiar with the story might be saying but i thought those were aliens you might even want to point out 
that the term Little Green Men originates from this story. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. To which I would report a retort two things. First, that you would make a good point, but who the fuck really knows? As you will see, this story leaves you going, what? And we all know by now, I may get down with a lot of different weird shit out there, but aliens and Wendigos are two things I don't play with. Since this story smacks of aliens, anticipate my discomfort, heightened cursing, and tendency, a tendency to lean into the goblin narrative more than the aliens. So what freaks you out about aliens? Did you have like a abduction experience or just like there's something spooky about them that, you know, like, do you, do you know why? Aliens oh, I know exactly why aliens scare the shit out of me. Okay. So I, I'm just going to say that this is a repetitive dream because this is, this is what I think. It's a repetitive dream, like a night terror, I guess. Um, when I was uh-huh. a kid, I would wake up and in my, be in my room, laying in my bed, and in the corner would be standing a small gray, one to three small grays. Oh, that's no. not cute. I don't like that no, for you. No, no. And um, eventually, you know, I would either fall back asleep or... I would fully wake up and they would be gone. That is some Fox Mulder shit. Yeah, I don't I care for that. I think it, that maybe it was sleep paralysis, maybe. But I remember being able to move. I was just so scared that I didn't. But I remember like moving my hand to move the covers and seeing them. So that was right. terrifying enough. But then one day I was on the just playing as a kid in my living room on the floor doing kid shit I was probably at most in the second grade and it was the day after I had had one of those horrible nightmares and I remembered more than just being or them being in my room but I remembered actually being someplace else and something happening to my stomach and I looked down and there was a scar next to my belly button that was a triangle that had never been there before. And I ran to my mom because I knew it was in the exact same place that they had been jabbing me. And I told her about my dream and about my repetitive dreams of them of waking up and them being in the corner. And my mom cemented my fear for me. She goes, wow, you know, I used to have those dreams when I was pregnant with you. And Whoa. I went, no! Are you like No, no, it's dreams. That's all it is. They're fucking dreams. That's okay. all it is. Words. That's yeah. it. That, that. Are you, oh my God, are you Mothman's secret love be. child? <laughs> anyway, so yeah, that's why I'm afraid of aliens. It just, it makes me very uncomfortable even thinking about them, which is another reason why it took me so long to write the story. I had to lean hard into, I'm looking at these as goblins, but but really, goblins. really, yeah. it's an alien story. But it's a goblin story. So. Goblalians. Yes. They're goblalians. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah, it. I, it, I'm not okay with this. So just know. Are you sure they're not iguanas with no tails? <laughs> 
No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I can never be sure it's not an iguana with no tail. Who could ever be sure of that? By the, by the way. <laughs> so I was looking up, like, I, you all know I'm going, we're about to leave the country and go on our vacation. And, you know, going down to Mexico, private beach, I was looking up things to do in the area. I don't know why. It's not like I'm going to be out doing anything. But I was just curious. And the answer it gave me, the only answer it gave me was iguanas. <laughs> Go hunt some iguanas. Go live with the iguanas. Be one with the tailless iguanas. Iguanas. The natural <laughs> flora and fauna of the area. And they start telling me about iguanas. And I'm just like, oh, thank you for that being the answer. I told you about the time that I had to make an iguana sickle. What? Yeah, I had to make an iguana sickle because the iguana that I was babysitting up and died uh, on me. No. In my defense, it was a sick iguana. It was not my fault. I did I did my absolute best by this this angry psychotic creature that kept trying to whip me with its tail. Like I I don't I'm not an iguana fan, guys, cuz like they scared, they want to kill me. They're little angry dinosaurs. And this fucker just died. Just died oh, while its its owner was was back in Iceland visiting family. And this was like in the late 90s. So this was before like the internet and cell phones and shit. And calling Iceland was very complicated. So I was like, the fuck am I supposed to do with this dead iguana? Like I didn't have, a, I don't know, like an iguana pet cemetery in my backyard like your sister might have. Um, I didn't have that. Um, so I was like, I'll just put it in the freezer. And, you know, iguanas are large. They're large. And I had to wrap this thing up. I, you know, I put, I, I was very um, respectful of the deceased iguana, you know, wrapped it in towel and I put, put it in, you know, uh, a big plastic bag and I put it in the freezer and, I, and then I had to leave a big note for the, on the front door that was like, your iguana died, it's in the freezer. <laughs> um, and I was never allowed to live that down. So I'm an iguana killer and uh, cryogenic preservationist, apparently. <laughs> Uh, you know, this, this episode's just getting better and better. <laughs> this is, we're, we're circling the iguana goblin gray alien drain already. All right. <laughs> okay, so, so goblins. goblins, maybe, maybe aliens. aliens, definitely not iguanas, <laughs> but in Kentucky. in Kentucky. And the second thing I would retort, <laughs> come back to you with would be to tell you that the phrase little green men was actually coined in 1951 by Mark Reynolds in the book, the case for the little green men. So the terminology was out there before this came about, this case came about, it was just picked up and perpetuated by the media. So it's not the first usage, but it is the first widespread usage I think of it. In 1950, Hopkinsville, Kentucky, only had a population of 12,931 people. So it's easy to imagine it was not far off from that in 1955 when our story takes place. In 1955, in the U.S., the top stories to make the newspaper were Disneyland opening, the polio vaccine was declared safe, a brave woman named Rosa Parks took a stand against injustice by sitting, and a family by the name of the Suttons in Kentucky 
came forward with a real wild story that captured the mind of the publics from then to today. On August 21st, 1955, the Sutton and Taylor families arrived at the Hopkinsville Sheriff's Station with a terrifying tale. They claimed they had spent the evening under attack by unknown beings. The families were a large group of 11 people, nine adults and three kids, and all of them were witnesses to the events that unfolded over the course of several hours at the Sutton family farm. The amount of witnesses, extreme detail due to the proximity, and sheer horror behind the attack have made this one of the best documented, documented encounters of either aliens, goblins, or possibly demons that we have. The Sutton family farm was a three-room building that did not have a television, radio, any books, or even running water that sat in a very rural area of Kentucky. I could not find details on what type of farm it was, but for... Iguana farm. <laughs> you know what? Yes, it is now. For the purposes of my amusement while writing it, I was thinking hamsters, but no, iguanas. I'm going to raise me an, an iguana, iguana as Hailless. big as your head. Hailless yes. iguana farm. Hailless iguanas. They had a vision of the future, and that vision said, Yes, Taylor's Iguanas. Yes. Taylor's Iguanas, yes. The Taylors were friends of Lucky Sutton, who were there visiting from Pennsylvania at the time. And see, Pennsylvania, yep. yeah, okay. Yeah, I, I saw that and went, You know, we didn't. Yep. Oh, that's fast. We had to do a show about that says something. Yep, yeah, god damn it. Billy Ray. Sutton was 21 and his wife June was 18 at the time that this all occurred. So that kind of gives you the age range of the adults, the the second generation of adults, because there was one person who was older who was the mother matriarch of the family. The strange events of the evening began when Billy Ray Taylor went outside to get some water from the well in the back of the house because without running water, that's your lot. Walking buckets in. Sure. Yeah. While Billy Ray was outside, he looked up to see a silvery shaped, a silvery object shoot across the sky, trailing rainbow exhaust. Yep. Whoa. Oh my God. Was that David Bowie's arrival? <laughs> man waiting in the sky. It could. could be. Yes. I'm that here for be. it. Yes. In fact, that made the story a million times better than it, it was when I was writing it. Uh, more correctly, the object he saw in his exact words was real bright with an exhaust, all the colors of the rainbow. Y'all th may think I'm making fun of anyone with a southern accent, but you forget I am from the south. And um, this is how I sound when I have been talking too much during the day. This is just the sound I revert back to. So there we go. As I think in most cases, Billy Ray went inside the house, shared what he had seen, and was immediately disbelieved. They were like, Billy Ray, that moonshine must be hitting too hard. You're seeing things. And then they brushed him aside. About an hour later, though, the dogs started kicking up a fuss and barking their heads off. 
in the movie of the events taking place in my mind while I was writing this, this group of dogs is played by the same group of hound dogs that were the Bumpus's dogs in A Christmas Story. Oh, yes. 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 Mm-hmm. The Bumpus same hounds. dogs. Yep. Eventually, Lucky and Billy Ray decided to see what was causing all the commotion. And what they saw when they looked out towards the back of the house shocked them. Looking out the back door, they could see a strange glow. And in the middle of that light stood a small humanoid figure. The creature was about three and a half feet tall, and it had an oversized head. I mean, I've known a few people with oversized heads. Anyway, had an oversized head, almost perfectly round. Its arms extended almost to the ground. Its hands had talons. And its oversized eyes glowed with a yellowish light. Nope. That would be unsettling to look out and find. Nope. Can we say nope? Ah, <laughs> uh, I'm not okay. Ah, uh, I'm not okay. All right. Goblin. Goblin. It's a goblin. It's not an alien. Goblin. Goblin. It's goblin, not an alien. Focus, King. You can do this. <sighs> I mean, that could be an, a goblin. Is there, you know, has anyone really ever documented a goblin? Sure not. You know, or an alien for that matter. So, yeah. It's it's all very friable. Okay. Okay. I will be okay. Let's do this. They said that the body of the creature gave off a strange shimmer in the light of the moon. They said that they said was as if it were made of silver metal. So unlike the typical myth of them being little green men, they were actually silver in color. Now, it was picked up by the media later on and combined with another local alien story uh, that claimed the the jettisoned uh, UFO that was being operated by these very tall creatures were green got mixed up in this one story. And so it started being reported that they were little green men instead of little silver men. So that's kind of how that came about. But anyway, now if this actually was one of the first encounters with aliens or one of the only modern encounters with goblins, why did it have to play out like this? Because Kentucky in the 50s. Lucky and Billy Ray did what I guess most of us in the U.S. would do, and and they grabbed guns. I was like, was a gun involved? Because that's pretty much, don't have a hammer, a gun. Yeah. You know, can't, no fishing rod, just shoot the fish. Yeah, no, it's it's America. America. Yeah, yeah. Merca. This is definitely a mercantile. I would like to pretend that I personally would be calm and collected and only result to violence at the last resort. But I know myself, know thyself, right? And I would have been way too terrified. Like, first off, I just would have blacked out and ran. 
and I, my bitch ass would have been in another state by the time I came back and came to, but uh, oh yeah, I would have screamed like a little girl and gone full Barry Allen flash yes. zoom, oh, out yes. of there. Yeah, there'd be yes. scorch marks from my little fat feet. Like run, yeah, same. no, I would run. I would same. scream and run. One hundred percent same. Um, but they did not. They just grabbed a gun or two guns. Billy Ray and Lucky grabbed a twenty gauge shotgun and a twenty two caliber rifle. The guns, with guns in hand, they began firing on the humanoid creature. Oh boy! But it was unwounded. Later, they would claim that it was impervious to bullets. But I have to wonder if maybe they just weren't bad shots. <laughs> because if you're that scared, are you really aiming that well unless you're trained to? But the little creature raised its hands as if in surrender, which I thought was kind of sad. Did a flip, which I thought was kind of weird. And then ran away into the darkness. All right. That's a, you know, he, he just, he has a lot of, a lot of flourish. He had to just be like, you know, boing and out. He couldn't just leave. He couldn't just peace out. He had to kind of dramatically yes. exit. Yes. I still think there was a lot of moonshine involved in, in whatever oh, was wait. happening here. <laughs> just wait. <laughs> now the detail of that little flip, I thought was bizarre in itself. But it does pop up again, so I, this is okay. consistent, if nothing else. A little while after the creature had fled, they noticed a similar creature had returned and was watching them, peering through one of the side windows. And what do you do when you have a peeping Tom cryptid and a passion for firepower fostered by the spirit oh, of yeah. the 1950s Merka? I reckon this is going to involve uh, having to call in glass yes, repair. Yes, you shoot later. through the window, of course. Of course. Sure, sure you do. <laughs> Seeming, yes, naturally. naturally natch. However, seemingly still bulletproof, <laughs> the creature yet again did a little flip and then ran away. Oh, in the book by Isabella Davis called Close Encounter at Kelly and Others of 1955, the elder member uh, in the household, Lucky's mother, Mrs. Glennie Lankford, recounted, I went out in the hallway and crouched down next to Billy when I saw one of them approaching the door. It looked like a five-gallon gasoline can with a head on top of it with small legs. It was a shimmering bright metal like, one of my, like, one, like on my refrigerator. That, that's a colorful way to describe a, a, a thing. thing. That is a description. This description has caused decades of speculation. Uh, if they might not have been wearing some kind of suit. Oh, okay. All right. No, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, why do we think aliens are just nude? Well, we're not if we go into space. They probably would be dressed up if they were going on a an away mission. little outfit. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. You want to look good for yeah. hillbillies? As sure. the events were, as if the events were not already scary enough, Billy Ray decided to go outside because, you know, 
If you're shooting at mysterious cryptids descending on your friend's house in the middle of nowhere, just go outside. Sure, it'll be fine. Nothing's going to happen on the porch, right? <sighs> this part got me. <laughs> Not going to lie. This part got me. Fair warning to any of you who have issues with uh, the alien kind. The other witnesses reporting, reported seeing a claw-like hand reach down from the roof's overhang and then touch Billy Ray's hair. Oh, that's creepy. If Billy Ray was, was going to nope out of this, this would have been the moment to do so. But he didn't even have a chance to realize this was happening when the others started screaming and pulled him, grabbed him and pulled him back into the house from behind, <laughs> screaming all the way, <laughs> as you do when you see a claw-like hand reach down and touch somebody's hair. Oh, I'm not okay. They stayed in the house listening to the movements of the creatures for almost four hours, occasionally firing at the creatures as they peeked through the windows. At 11 p.m., they all fled the house and went to the police station for help. Once there, they recounted their story and observed and their behavior was observed as they were alleged victims, and they were trying to figure out a way to prove this or not prove it, or disprove it, I should say. The sheriff called in backup, and the physical terror responses were documented of the alleged victims and seemingly legitimate. They had racing pulses and dilated pupils that told them, as they told them about their harrowing siege, they were obviously terrified is what I'm saying. The police backup and a photographer from the local paper returned with them to the family farm where they, re where they searched the area. There they found gun shells and evidence of some kind of clear distress, but nothing other than that. And they really looked around too, but there was nothing. In addition to finding no evidence of a flying saucer, claw marks, or even blood trails, they also found absolutely no signs of drug or alcohol. I may have joked earlier about moonshine, but according to the police, there was nothing there. And everyone actually said that alcohol was not even allowed on the Sutton property. So they couldn't find anything. Although, again, like, what about something like ergotism? Oh, yeah. You know, the, Ergot. where you would... Who knows? Yeah, ergot, you know, like, the, the whole rye bread basically gives you the LSD yep. trippy times. I mean, you know, or we gathered wild mushrooms in the forest, and some of them were not the the chill marinara sauce kind, you know? Like, I, there's a lot of reasons you might yeah. be high without meaning yeah. to be high. Absolutely. You know? Oh, no, no, I'm with you. Once they had left, I'm trying to sully this. Thank you. I, you. I really appreciate that. My brain is saying mass hallucination. That that's what my brain says. Yes. Yeah. Once the police and the photographer uh, photographer had left, the family settled back in, and you would think that would be the end of the story, right? But no, 
but no. no. Around 3 a.m., the creatures came back. Glenny later reported that one kept appearing at her bedroom window, putting one claw hand up on the window screen to rest. I like to... Oh, go ahead. Like E.T.? Is this like an E.T. situation? I'm still scared of E.T. Oh, he is kind of creepy. That was a creepy kids movie. I was that child who ran away screaming from E.T. Yeah, still not okay with it. Um, I'm I am amazed that with that rising neck the way it is, I did not come a, become a full blown lesbian. Anyway, <laughs> trauma by association. Well, see, you don't have to worry about these things coming to your apartment because it is way too noisy and crazy where you live. So that is a bonus. That is a reason to yeah, like. Yeah, you don't where hear you a lot of alien stories from the ghetto. That's that is for sure. No. I like to imagine Glennie was so tired that she was just laying there in bed and was like, fuck it. If alien goblins are going to be the death of me, they can take me in the comfort of my own bed. I'm done. Like, she was just over the evening. I was like, fuck it. Come, come get me. I don't care. In the days that followed, they gave interviews. And as the story hit the airwaves and print, it spread like wildfire. Of course, they were openly being mocked, too, and people started descending on their family farm, you know, because people. And not for the purposes of buying a tailless iguanas, either. They put up signs warning the strangers against trespassing, but after the strangers didn't listen to those signs enough times, the family did what any true Merkin would do and started charging. 50 cents. <laughs> yeah. 50 cents for stepping onto the property, a dollar for information about the incident, and $10 for pictures. I mean, if if people are going to be there annoying them, at least they ought hey, to get something out of it. Hey, I fully support this business venture of theirs. Go for it. I'm not sure why the price difference was so high between information and pictures though, but a picture lasts forever, so who really came out ahead there? Also, I want to know more about these pictures, mainly if any of them are still around. If any of you... And of what? Yes, yes, what are they of? If any of you have pictures from, like, this incident that you're just like, I don't know, Grandma said she took this picture back in Kentucky in the 50s, and it's just a bush, but she said it had something to do with aliens. I want to see that bush. Show me the alien bush. Wow, that sounds really dirty. Uh, <laughs> I'm just hoping for pictures of the tailless yes, iguanas. Yes. You know? Show me iguanas. Uh, anyway, of course, seriously, guys, don't send me any dirty pictures. I don't want them. Don't send, yeah, no. We don't want metaphorical no. bushes. The only, the only shrubbery we want to see is like the leafy green grows the in the kind ground. Kind. The Knights of yes. Me want. Correct. Of course, charging caused an even bigger backlash to the family. Now they were being cast as money-hungry swindlers in the eye of the public. I've oh, oh the, the public. public. I've heard that after a while, several of the family members refused to talk about the events any longer, while others, like Billy Ray, seemed to flourish events a bit. 
two creatures became a dozen with more retellings and it just kind of snowballed into the story that we have today. This story has been investigated for years by multiple media agencies, government agencies, paranormal teams, authors, and all sorts of people in between. And the theories to come out of it are completely wild. So let's go through a couple of them. Of course, the most typical theory is aliens. It's the aliens. I'm not saying it's aliens, but it's aliens. It's the queers. They're in it with the aliens. They're building landing strips for gay Martians. I swear to God, Stuart, I like you. You're not like the other people here at the trailer park. <laughs> Sorry, I had a dead milkman moment, okay. but I'm better now. As long as you're good. Then there's the theory that it's goblins. And that's the theory I'm leaning heavy into. I like the goblin theory the best. Just because... I want there to be goblins. They're they just popped out of a holler somewhere there, and we're like, Bleh! oh yeah, sure, there are all these wild stories about witnessing goblins in the hills and caves in Kentucky, in the Kentucky mountains. It's fascinating. I'm talking like those deep foothill legends. That's like my friend's cousin's sister followed a voice she heard coming out of the woods and saw a goblin kind of stories. These are the stories I'm yeah. here for. Yeah, they're like short Bigfoots. Mm -hmm. Sure, why not? The theory, the sure, theory is that there's this incredible cave system running all over the area, which there really is. And it's, yeah. There really is. And yeah, it's no. actually a home to a hidden goblin tribe. This is like the descent, isn't it? Yeah. Have you is, ever yeah. read that no, book? Okay, I'm with you. Sure, why not? I, the movie, I saw the scary movie with the caving ladies. Oh and my I God, don't like the book that. Is so no. much better. I don't want any of that. So, I don't care for so that. So good. In fact, I believe it has two books. Um, and both of them were good. The first one was so good though. Imagine like that movie is just a, a chapter of the entire book. It was so good. I don't want to go down into a hole in the ground full of people eating de demon things. No, no thanks. We're good. No, I'm good. Um anyway, I, I'm going on record here and saying if it if there is a secret goblin tribe, I want them to be alive and well in Kentucky. I, I yeah, they just them, leave them be. Let them do what they're going to do. That's that's their place. Stay out of their to house. our friends in Kentucky. Don't don't do it. Just don't go into the caves. No. Don't don't be the descent. Don't do it. No, no. Yes, didn't the descent take place in Kentucky or like Tennessee? I don't know. It was a cave. It was bad. There was bad things in a cave. And I was like, oh, no, thank you. I don't care for movie. that. Better book, but good movie. Anyway, since there are no actual traces that have ever been found, the most plausible theory, probable theory, was that it was some kind of mass hallucination. I'm going with Urgot. I'm going with some Urgot, bad bread. That's a good one. There's also a theory that it was a demon summoning, some kind of witchcraft demon summoning. Yeah. Oh, sure. That seems okay. plausible yeah, and likely. Sure. All right. Yeah. Mm, that's a sure. theory. Or my absolute favorite theory is a combination of a comet and owls. Oh, shit, it's always the owls. They're always blaming owls for shit. You see, Billy Ray's 
Leave the owls well, alone. Well, owls should leave us alone. You know? <laughs> anyway. Wow. Owls. And, okay, okay yeah, sure. Yeah. Sure, why not owls? So Billy okay. Ray's initial description of the UFO was surprisingly similar to accounts of a comet that was seen that night in that area. Oh. So, okay, okay, there's the comet factor. And if you... Sure. If you look at the drawings of the creatures from the eyewitness accounts, you will see a surprising resemblance to a horned owl. Now, okay. So, okay, okay. You can see where the owls oh, are coming sure. in. Those yeah, are they big. are. I don't know if you've ever seen one, like, just be like, hoo-hoo, who cooks for you at you? Like, they're large and upsetting. And they whoosh overhead, mm-hmm. and it's freaky at mm-hmm. night. Yeah. So... Yeah. Does any of this explain why or how they looked silver? No, but I have a theory. No. My theory okay. is it was the owl from the Clash of the Titans. He was tr- <gasps> yes. Whoa! He was truly the culprit behind the entire thing. Okay. A mechanical yes. owl. That's You know, that makes as much sense as yes. any of this yes, does. Yes, it does. And that is my story on the Hopkinsville uh, goblins, aliens, demons, whatever you want to call them. Owls. Owls. owls mechanical owls. owls. Um, a fun caveat to that is they do have a Little Green Men Festival every year. And it, uh, I want go. to go. I want to go. They have a group of cosplayers that goes that look absolutely delightful. <laughs> if you have... Oh. We gotta go. You need to go in. You will go in costume. You go as a mechanical owl. I'll go in the giant iguana, scaleless yes. iguana suit. Yes, I'm here for this 100%. Anytime I get to put on a costume is a good day for me. But to our Kentucky listeners out there, uh, all of you friends of the show, if you have been to the Little Green Men Festival, if you oh are going, God. We want pictures. We want pictures. If you yes. want them to go up on our Instagram, let us know. We have permission. We will give you credit. We want pictures. We want to see the Little Green Men Festival. And, you know, if any of you are involved in the Little Green Men Festival and want us to come out and do a live cast, we may even discuss that with you. That may be something we would consider. Um, well, sure. I may need some talking into it because aliens i'm not saying it's aliens but there will be fake aliens all around me and i will be a bit sketched out the entire time because let's face it i'm telling a story that took me a year and a half to write leaning in hard to the goblins and i'm not okay here in my blanket fort wow that that was um dang that That was was something something. (laughs) that surely was something (laughs) that was something (laughs) and well, I have I have a little epilogue that also takes place in the yes. United States with uh, our own version of cryptids, uh, and ha- so it started with Pennsylvania, and and it 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 grew from here. So as I was researching creatures for the cryptid cal- calendar, because I needed to find at least thirty mm-hmm. right that were all around the world, I discovered something called the squonk. The squonk and the squonk, squonk, theoretically. Uh, comes from Pennsylvania. And I was like, I've never heard of this thing. What the hell? And um, it is, uh, the scientific name is the Lacrima Corpus Dissolvens. And it is supposedly a 
animal that looks so hideous and basically it looks like if an armadillo a chupacabra and a naked mole rat had like a three-way and this baby wow. was born and it it wanders the hemlock forests of pennsylvania weeping because it's so fucking ugly that's it that's it it hates water because it could see its reflection and cry even harder because it's ugly and i'm like that that's the saddest my god that's the saddest that thing ever so sad. so sad and then i looked a little more into it and i discovered where it came from where the origin the origin story of this totally fucking made up creature sorry spoiler alert not real um and it was it's from a book called uh that was published in 1910 called fearsome creatures of the lumberwoods with a few desert and mountain beasts and it is this absolutely adorable like tongue-in-cheek spoof of naturalist guides and you can just download it for freezies on the internet and check it out Yay! if you want to and it was full of so many bizarre and goofy things like uh, the Funeral Mountain Terra Shot, an animal with a casket-shaped structure that, after wandering down from the mountains, explodes upon contact with the searing sands of the desert. Wow. Um, the Gumbaroo, a nearly hairless, bear-like brute of the Pacific coast. It, it is purported to have a rubbery hide that bounces back anything thrown on it. It is the I'm rubber and you're glue animal, if you will. <laughs> And the only way you can kill them is with their very popular thing here on the Pacific Coast, fucking forest fires. And they will explode, leaving behind a rubbery burning smell like an exploded wow. tire. Yeah, there's all kinds of like the fucks on here. Like it's kind of amazing. And then I further went down this particular rabbit hole and I, we will put a, a link on our um, social media as to where you can go to just download this thing and check it out. It has adorable, goofy um, illustrations in it that are quite, quite lovely. But I discovered there was a whole subcategory of cryptids in the United States that are just known as fearsome critters. And um, they are basically tall tail animals that lumberjacks and foresters would hang out in the woods telling each other about and they're more kind of funny and jokingly jokey than they are like terrifying so not your you know murderous goblin iguana owl aliens but more like um for instance there's a whole list of them if you if you go on wikipedia and just literally look up fearsome critters the lists are amazing it's stuff like the jackalope nice um the, yes the jackalope the uh axe handle hound which is a beast that reputedly subsists on unattended axe handles. Uh, um, <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yep. <laughs> How big is this thing? <laughs> I don't know. I do not know. Uh, the one I really like that I actually included on the, the, the calendar was the hide behind, oh. which is this creature that hides behind trees. He's very tall and skinny and he has long grabby arms and he hides behind trees and then seizes loggers and oh okay gotta watch out for that uh apparently and i believe i have a small version of this 
the Splinter Cat, which is a legendary cat of the Pacific Northwest that uses its incredible speed and stiff forehead to smash into large trees, knocking the branches off and withering the hump, the trunks. And that yeah. is Kesu. She just, her head is all bone and just bam, right in there. Uh, there's also, it's not just terrestrial animals. There are fish too. The fur-bearing <laughs> trout, which is a species of trout that grows a thick fur coat for swimming in the northern climates. You know, that's that's As a thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, of course. The snow snake. It is a snake that is only active in the winter months. Snow, snow snake. snake. You know, sure. The gilly galoo bird, which lays square eggs so they don't roll. That's that's. I handy. mean, really just a practical uh, bird right yeah. there. Yeah, there's just, they're just super delightful. Um, the, oh, yes, uh, the side hill gouger, which is an animal that is uh, legged and built for, for hillsides so that one side of its legs is taller than the other so it can easily, like, run around hillsides. But only I in one direction, I guess. <laughs> Evolution kind yeah. of failed there. And then the Dungaven Hooter, the Dungaven Hooter, which is a crocodile with no mouth, but it has giant nostrils and it uses its massive tail to just to pound like unsuspecting, unwary loggers into a gaseous vapor that it then snorts. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just, these are delightful, but uh, yes, you will find things like that and other ones in uh, the fearsome creatures of the lumber woods, uh, which like I said, we will put up uh, for you to, just download. I, you can actually like buy copies of it used that are not expensive if you don't want to, you know, go online for it. But it's yeah, it's just like a PDF you can flip through and, and chuckle at at your leisure. But yeah, like this was this was one of my delightful finds while I was working on this particular calendar Truly project. Delightful. So, yeah. Truly delightful. Well, thank you for for all of that. That is just great. And Thank you for the bizarre, what the hell, Kentucky. Kentucky, I'm looking yeah. at you. Yeah, that was, that you, was wild. You were all welcome. And Kentucky, I hope I did right by you. I'm sorry if I took one of your local stories that you really get behind and just kind of bastardized it. But, I mean, I'm not sure what y'all expect when you ask me to do something. So. <laughs> No, I think they know. I think they know. I do, I, I do hope you know that, you know, this is about the the level that you're going to get when you come to me for something. Um, I thought that was very informative. I, I know far more than I ever did about Kentucky little green slash metallic gray slash maybe owl. Hey, men. I'll tell you what. I know a whole hell of a lot more about people doing weird shit in the woods in Kentucky than I ever thought I was going to in my life. I didn't know I was going to be going down this, this rabbit hole uh, last year. And, and yeah, I don't like aliens. So that's the bottom line. <laughs> that yeah. And weird shit happens in the woods it, everywhere, but also especially Kentucky. Yeah. It sounds like. Yeah. If you do find that reality TV show, which I will not be naming, uh, on this episode, at least, I, I give you fair warning before you watch it. I watched multiple seasons of this. It, 
Well, why? Because at a certain point, it's like a car wreck. Like, how do you stop? <laughs> like, uh, the cars just kept piling up. And I was like, but there's a giant, a giant mountain of cars ahead, guys. Tap the brakes. And no one was tapping the brakes. They were just hitting the gas. I want to know how we get funding to make our own, like, unholy, inexplicable reality TV show where we go to places like this and poke the the people living there and go, yeah, you seen any aliens? I would love that. I, yeah. How do we get Seriously. funding for that? We can make it worse. I know we can. We have it Amazon in us to do Prime, it. Travel Channel, whoever is out there listening to us ramble on about the weird and disturbing, or should you have a hookup at my our dear, dear disturbed listeners at any of these places? Remember, disturbing travels, copyright. We can make this shit happen. Oh yeah, happen. We'll go. We'll go terrible yes. places. It's it's yeah, fine. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk? About- just give us some beef jerky and some gas money. Uh, We're there. No Wendigos. <laughs> no Wendigos. No that okay. I there are some some little uh, things that I need to write into my contract, and no Wendigos is one of them. Okay, uh, that's fair. I do not fuck with skinwalkers. Um, I also don't want to go into like cave actual caves. That I don't be, mind going no. into actual caves. I've been caving. I mean, I don't mind going into caves, but like if if it's going to be like I'm going to get hunted by weird manimal things i i don't want that part do any of us really want to be haunted no hunting me haunted either so yeah yeah anyway none of those anyway good times good times so uh yeah should you want to support us in our disturbing travels and our effort to make disturbing travels happen please email us at disturbinginterest at gmail.com we are here for you disturbing travels copyrighted and in fact, we are going to begin doing our own little disturbing travels locally. Just a little yeah, but but yeah. you you all with places like Spokane Ooh. and Goldendale, Washington. We have been invited to go out to Wisconsin. Wisconsin, okay, uh, to look for for more graves. Oh, uh, Plainview, Ghoul, the Bone, the Bone Breaker, um, Bray, cheese. Bray, uh, Bray Road Beast, or the cheese. Cheese. I mean, cheese is just disturbing. Okay. <laughs> it's disturbing yes. is how oh, I cannot stop eating it. I mean, we can go to we can go to Pennsylvania. Everything there is terrifying. <laughs> we just have one episode called Barry. <laughs> Barry, he's like a cryptid. He's very much like a cryptid. Oh, all right. Well, thank you for that. And uh, you know, if anyone else has any listener stories they would like us to do again like i said just email us and let me know who you want to handle the story and we'll take it from there yeah all right yes please do all right well thank you everyone and remember you might be disturbed but you're not a tailless iguana or alone thanks for listening friends please remember to like subscribe and tell a friend and check us out on social media. On Facebook, we are the Disturbing Interest Podcast, Twitter, podcast underscore DI, Instagram, DI Podcast. Or if you really want to send us something, you can send it to our P.O. Box at 70515 Seattle, Washington, 98127.